In this session, Shakti Durga sets out her 10 principles for sacred activism. It's taken from her Sacred Activism for Earth Lovers class on her public Facebook page. Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. I thought it would be also a good idea to have a look at some of the underlying principles of something like sacred activism so that we know what it is and what it isn't. Firstly, we are actually here to create a vision of a humanity that values clean water, clean air and clean soil as the highest um, value uh, in terms of our relationship with the world in which we live. Secondly, we come from the place where we believe that the same life forces in nature are in us and that humanity and nature is part of the one thing, the infinite spirit flows through all of it and that we're interconnected with it and thus it's part of us and we're part of it. Thirdly, that when um, the relationship between humanity and nature is unbalanced or when humanity itself is unbalanced, then it creates imbalances in the physical world. Fourthly, there's an unseen world that we interact with all the time, which is a world of causation, and that what happens in the physical world of Earth is largely the result of inner and unseen forces But with spiritual and metaphysical training, you can start to become aware of those forces and work productively with them to bring forth a more beautiful and amazing and lovely reality for everybody. So the next one, five, is that thought is a force that operates to create and it marshals forces in alignment with its projection of intention. That's another way of saying thought creates stuff and that's in alignment with Uh, a new body of science that's suggesting that the whole of creation is actually a hologram and that um, consciousness is the underpinning reality of all that we experience in the physical world, even our own bodies, even something like a car, even something made out of metal, uh, that it's still holographic at the most um, quantum level of reality, that it all disappears into no thing and that all that's there is holographic reality, and that holograph is made of thought. And for me, it's a big stretch to think of holograms as being solid things because, of course, we've all been to places where they're not, but they've now developed haptic holograms, which are. And so now they can holographically create something like a tennis ball or a lemon, and the lemon or the apple that they create is tactile. Then they turn the light off and it's gone. But whilst it's on, you can touch the lemon, you can touch the apple and it feels real. So the science is saying that the universe does holograms at millions of pixels finer than what we do with our haptic holograms and it's much more powerful in the way the process is done and that the holograms are held in place by a potency well beyond the human mind. So number six. Nature is part of the same unified field of energy and consciousness that we are. Number seven, what we focus on grows. And this one is of particular importance when we're dealing with 
all the horror stories that happens with nature and and the way that you know in any area of life when we have a problem we do tend to focus on it don't we we focus on the problem and part of this training and um, service work we're doing is to help us flip our awareness to focus on the solution instead of the problem and that that can make a huge change the next point number eight we actually breathe from trees and ocean and so if we don't look after trees and ocean we don't breathe number nine we can connect with the spirit of nature that this may require some attunement but with practice anyone can do it and that you can see for yourself that nature is um, sentient and number 10 we can make a difference we can make a difference and that if we align ourselves with the principles of spirituality and they're taught in our Path of Ease and Grace seminar series and they're everywhere because they are the ancient wisdom. So wherever you go and start studying spiritually, you're going to come across some of this ancient wisdom and it will inform you. But once you start applying it, you'll start to be able to commune with the natural world more than you ever have. And so with these principles, we can say that sacred activism is a powerful way to make a difference. It's an opportunity for learning. It provides healing to nature and healing on the human astral field. It comes from the proposition that arguing with people who have a different mindset can be futile unless you want to resort to violence, which I don't want to do. So therefore, if argument is futile, is there something else that will work? And in my experience and in accordance with the ancient wisdom, love is the key and that love can melt the hardest heart and open the most closed mind. And I believe that's true. And that when we send love to places where most people are sending vitriol, criticism, hatred and opposition, that I think those things just enforce people. They make people be defensive and they make them justify their ridiculous positions um, because they don't want to be seen to be wrong because they feel judged and less than. So instead, when we send love, then what can happen is people can have epiphanies. They can have a realisation from within their own being that possibly what they've been doing is not correct for them anymore. And people can change. And so it's only with something as potent as love that we can bring that change. And with sacred activism, the point is that we grow in strength and capacity for love so that we're able to love things that haven't been lovable in the past, that we have drawn the line at extending our love or compassion to certain people or groups of people. And I would like to change that because that's not unity and that's not taking responsibility in the sense of oneness. (laughs) So if you insist on duality consciousness, you're not going to like the things I'm saying. But if you are interested in unity consciousness, this stuff is liberating. Next, using an awareness that our capacity to work on the inner plane is real, with healing and relationship tools, we can work not just personally but also transpersonally to create change. That we can change our belief in powerlessness and separateness from the problems going on in the world and we can work interactively. This is not just raising awareness. This is also bringing clearing and blockages 
uh, clearing blockages to change, that we're calling our spirit back and reclaiming our power to have influence in the way the world is trending. And let's now look at what sacred activism is not. It's not an opportunity to dump, to rant, and to blame people, people that you don't even know personally, who you see as evil demons, them out there. So sacred activism is not about uh, black and white and demonization. Sacred activism is not about passivism. There is nothing passive about working the way we are because we're working in the, in the inner sanctums of spiritual, compassionate potency. And there is nothing more powerful that a human can do than engage with this kind of work. Secondly, um, sacred activism is not something to be, so this is third, uh, it's not about dumping, it's not passivism, it's not to be used in isolation either. So we do the work on the inner plane and it's very important that we do, but then let's try and make a few changes on the outer plane. What can we do uh, in our own physical and attitudinal lives to support the work we're doing in, in group? Next, it's not a pipe dream. Next, it's not party political. In fact, it's not political at all. And it never will be whilst I'm um, driving this project. It won't be political because politics divides and I don't want to work in that way. I want to work in a way that brings unity and unification that goes across party lines, it goes across race lines, it goes across national lines, that we can create something bigger than all that because we bring in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's already inside of us but's just fallen asleep because we haven't been paying attention to it. And sacred activism does not uh, replace whatever else you're called to do and any special interests that call to you personally. So there are people who are called to go and work specifically with whales or specifically with the plankton, which we'll be looking at in a couple of weeks. There are people who are called to work specifically with the problems of fires or deforestation or whatever it might be. And if you're called that way, then certainly go and do whatever you're called to do. But just look at your attitude as you're doing it. You know, there's a big difference between a police person who apprehends a wrongdoer who does so with um, with viol- unnecessary violence, victimization, and shaming of that person. There's a big difference between that and someone who has firm boundaries and is compassionate about the way they treat a person who's in their custody. There's a massive difference with those, with those things, and we all appreciate that distant that distinction. We've all seen it playing out on our TV screens which was the instigation of Black Lives Matter. We saw the difference between compassionate treatment of someone that was being arrested and and nasty, um, well, in, insane criminal behaviour. So um, it's the same in this arena. You know, you don't want to become like that. You don't want to become an insane crusader who sees enemies and demons everywhere. You don't want to lose your humanity or your compassion when you're working in this field because it won't help. What it will do is stir up the forces of darkness, which are real and which are known about in the ancient wisdom. How could they not be? And and you will become aligned with them and they will impulse you towards further wrongdoing and wrong attitude. Um, It's not about shaming this work. It's about loving. 
it's about raising consciousness and coming from a place of wholesomeness with the gentleness that one would guide someone who was lost and didn't know what they should do. So that's the way that we're moving. Um, And it's going to require a lot of us, a lot of us personally, uh, because we're going to have to overcome our shortcomings and overcome our propensity to judge others and speak ill of them when we don't know what's going on inside their head and we haven't lived their life. And so instead, love unifies, love lifts, and love inspires. And it's hard work because sometimes the people or situations that we're going to go into, we're not going to feel like love. We're going to feel appalled. Um, But what would love do now would be something. And spiritual activism is that kind of something. Anyway, I thought I would just um, throw that in today because I think sometimes when we start working in this way, um, people can have a misapprehension about what we're trying to do. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favourite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. Daddy.